Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your preview for the match five, along with our little bit of breaking news and a mailbag segment to boot. We've got a lot to cover. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, welcome. Nice haircut. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it was time. I decided to take it all the way down, all the way down to the wood. So um, here we are, and. This should be a good show. I think there's a lot going on in the world of golf and what seems to be the off season. Now this is like the official off season of the PGA tour. And we got some breaking news and some golf to talk about. So it's exciting. This is a show that is going to lead into a lot more discussions. I imagine we'll, we'll, we'll nip the uh, tip of the iceberg here in this one. Kyle Porter is here. KP welcome. Happy uh, post RSM classic Monday. I've just I've got a lot going on right now, uh, trying to cover a bunch of different stuff. I'm I'm trying to read between the lines of this memo that got leaked. We've got I wrote a Tiger essay today. I've got just just juggling plates on Thanksgiving week. We should be just we should be in hibernation right now, and we're not. We're 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 grinding over the off season. I don't even I don't even have a thought about Brooks and Brooksy yet. Oh, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, a little bit of breaking news. The, the, I imagine this is going to lead into a much larger off-season conversation where we just go nuts on this. But here's what came out of the PGA Tour today. And, Greg, business is booming because a memo was sent to uh, the PGA Tour players that outlines and forecasts the uh, operating expenses, the projections of revenue. But the big highlights are – more money going back to the players. Let me read through just a couple of these. There's there's a lot. So the PIP, the world famous PIP, goes from forty million to fifty million dollars. The Comcast didn't, business didn't Tiger just win that? Well, yeah, that's a Tiger. They just payment. keep they just keep finding ten million dollars to add to it. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did a rough. That's all right. Forty to fifty. Comcast business tour top ten. They were paying ten million. No, 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 not anymore. Now twenty. Million. The FedEx Cup bonus pool goes from 60 million to 75 million, which means if you win the FedEx Cup, Greg, uh, instead of getting that cool 15 million like Patrick Cantlay did last year, you're gonna get 18 million dollars this time around. That's just that's just part of it. Let's stop there. They couldn't just make it a, a round number at 20. <laughs> no, I'm only teasing. Look, this FedEx Cup bonus pool, what three years ago was. $30 million. It's now up to 75. Um, and I think of something Justin Thomas said a couple weeks back. He said uh, when he first came out on tour, he was a little nervous to talk to the guys like Jay Monahan and express their needs and wants. And then eventually he realized that they kind of work for him. And that means that the PGA tour and those who represent the PGA tour, they represent the players. 
and their job is to help the players in the best way possible. And they continue to do a great job in doing that and finding new revenue streams, an extra 10 here, an extra 10 there, uh, 10M that is for the players. So uh, look, this is their yeah. job. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a sign that the uh, business is going in the right direction. And um, I, I think it means that they're doing a nice job. I don't know where it's all coming from. It's, it's a significant increase, but players are definitely getting, ha are, are happy about it. So Greg just said the part that I talked about, or I've been talking about is where's this all coming from? And it seems like <clears throat> there's so many moving parts. I always have, a, I have a hard time like, like uh, simplifying it down to like you, to where I can understand it. But it seems like they're, they're creating a model that is um, I fear that is it's unsustainable in a post tiger world. We've not officially entered a post tiger world, but he just buoyed, um, the tour and everybody in its orbit for so long. And now it's like, Hey, we're still on a rocket ship, but we're losing half our fuel. Right. With tiger being gone. And I just wonder if, 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 if listen in the short term, all this that was laid out in this memo that, uh, no Lane up leaked on Monday, whatever day it is. I have no idea what day it is, is in the short term. It's great. It looks great, great for the players. Everything's good, but in the long term, and this is the fear that I that I brought up a couple weeks ago, are you creating a, a model where your uh, distribution partners, so television partners, including CBS Sports, um, Golf Channel, NBC, all these different places, they have to pay such exorbitant amounts of money for that they can't create a a, a quality. Uh, product to show fans and then it if that if that happens and then it starts like your audience starts dwindling um then it just becomes a it becomes a a a, a, a product that nobody's going to want to distribute because it, it's not like it, it creates an unsustainable model for the for the the entities like cbs sports and like nbc that actually distribute it does that does that land does that resonate Yes, and I worry about this too. And I also worry about the way that corporate America tends to work, which is, okay, the Torque forecast 1.5 billion next year in revenue. If they hit that, uh, and then like, like they're just expected to grow every single year. And when you yeah. are expected to grow every single year, you've got to do things to, like, like corporate America in general is not a very lean type of industry, right? It's, 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 it's this pressure to continue to grow. But Greg, I think uh, Kyle is certainly voicing my concerns, but I think what the tour has in its favor is there are still, believe it or not, a lot of untapped revenue sources, which is shocking because everybody, there's an official uh, PDF, PDF opener <laughs> software. There's the official uh, athletic band of the PGA tour. There's the official, literally everything. But to me, there's still very much an untapped market in generally younger demographics, uh, the, the gaming slash fantasy side of it, which can produce a lot of money. Like, I still believe there are a lot of untapped markets that are non-traditional from what the tour has been doing for the last 30 or 40 years. Perhaps some of them are newly tapped. I mean, we have a show on Tuesday. We do every Tuesday that's a, a preview from a gambling perspective. 
That's on Monday, but that's okay. <laughs> well, well, we do the fantasy one. On oh Monday, yeah, yeah, right. right. But, but on yeah. Tuesday with our super preview, <laughs> yeah. that's on that's on betting, and yeah. I wonder if it's coincidental that when sports gambling becomes legal, all of a sudden these the tour has found ten million dollars to go to every revenue stream that it has. Maybe that's a part of it, and I'm sure there's other things. I know that they signed a deal with Golf TV for $2 billion for international rights. So what's going on in global markets? Um, and then you have a COVID boom. So I, I wonder, is this is that are, are they making these deals because of projections? That's one option, and I can understand your concerns from that perspective. From the other perspective, it's what well, we've brought in a lot more than we expected. So now how are we going to give this out? And that's their plan. And if if that's the way you do things, then that's not concerning at all. That's a great sign for me. Now, it so this is the difference between, okay, I want to buy a car and it's a $30,000 car. I just, I have an extra $30,000. Now I'll buy the car. That's very different than I'm going to buy that $30,000 car because I'm going to make 30,000 more this year. Um, those are two very different things. And if you're paying players with cash that you've just made, that's not risky at all. Um, you're distributing money that you have. If you're doing it on credit, now I understand your risk. And I, I don't think they have any need to do that. So I, I don't know. Um, well, I, I think it's a sign of growth more than anything. There's a line in here that says, uh, in addition, the 2022 forecast includes a withdrawal of $32 million from our reserves to further fund player earnings. So that would tell me that I, I don't, I, I'm not a hundred percent on that. The way that I read that is, Hey, we had to pull some out of our rainy day fund to actually make this whole, right? Is that how you read yeah. it? Yeah. Um, which is, I just, uh, I, I, it's I, an interesting I, question, but what do you, is that what the reserves for when you when you put things into the reserve? Yeah. Or we're pulling that, 30 million out of the reserve. Well, what's in there you're you're a tour that's for the players it's right a gr- it's a great question to, yeah i understand having a reserve in case you need something but the idea is that what you bring in gets distributed back to the players who earned it and so i wonder if that was something that's planned because i don't think they'd announce this if that were an emergency situation um, right. And, I, and, I, and that's totally fair. And that's the part that yeah. it it's just out here. And I don't I don't know the details of how that works. I, I just think what have we learned about television products over the last, what, five or 10 years? Our audience is getting more fractured or or less fractured. They're getting more fractured. Right. People are watching uh, maybe still as much stuff, but it's 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 spread out more. It's in different places. And so when when CBS Sports and Golf Channel and NBC pay eight hundred million dollars for golf in a in a what's the number Rick seven fifty seven hundred whatever it is yeah, like for that. golf in a year and they turn around to Lexus and uh, Apple and Nike and say hey our audience got uh, smaller than last year but we actually need you to to pay more that's that's a problem. Right. And so the only answer is, well, we have to actually uh, have more inventory of uh, advertising and commercials to make up the fact that our audience is dwindling. Now, 
I need to look at numbers to see I'm, 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 I'm applying a broad theory to like golf specifically. I, I know numbers are not like increasing significantly, but I also don't know that they're decreasing significantly. So that might be a little bit unfair. I'm just speaking broadly about sports viewership in general. And so when that happens and you got all of a sudden you have to sell instead of two ads to two companies, you got to sell 10 ads to 10 companies and reduce the amount of time that your product is shown on on TV or distributed online, it's going to turn people off. I mean, I think that it, I think in some ways it it you know I don't know that we're totally there yet, but that's a that's a trajectory that you don't want if you're the if you're the PGA Tour. Yeah, the product uh, certainly king here. Maybe by the time you know next couple of years will be the official podcast of uh, of the PGA Tour. Who knows? We'll have to we'll have to pony up some cash. <laughs> Uh, and see how that goes, but just put a bow on this because we're gonna, we're gonna have to talk a lot about this. Um, this will be an off-season content thing where it's like let's just let's just go through this one by one. But average purse going up from eight million to nine point one. The player-hosted events, so that's Genesis, API, Memorial, are going. Uh, the purses are going up to twelve million from nine point three. The WGC, which is the only one on the schedule for this year, is the match play. That's up to twelve million from ten and a half. And the Players Championship, which was already announced, that is a twenty million dollar purse up from 15 million. So lots of big bucks, lots of discussion still to come. But believe it or not, gentlemen, we have golf this week. Don't let anybody tell you different. There is golf happening this week, not only in Europe, but here in the United States because we've got the match five, 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 five. Let's play this game. Let Name the first four versions of the match. And who oh, I got them? this. Okay, then you go second. Greg, first match was who? Tiger Phil. Where'd they play it? Uh, Shadow Creek. And who won mm. it? Phil won. Okay, Greg is absolutely correct. That was the match one. The match two, KP. <laughs> I thought I had this. <laughs> this is so tough. Well, does this include the DJ Matthew Wolf thing? No, no it doesn't. That was that separate. Taylor made driving relief. That's a different different entity. Okay, so it's Tiger uh, Payton versus uh, Phil and Tom Brady. Correct. Where'd they play it? Did they? I think they played it at uh, Oof Concession. No, Greg is certainly Greg knows. knows. They played it. Yeah, they played at Metal. Uh, that's right. And yeah. who won it? Uh, Tiger and Payton won. Correct. So that was the one that was the 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 peak COVID one. That was May 2020 when nothing else was happening. They played that at that was that was when Peyton basically beat Phil and then Phil won the PGA a year later. (laughs) Correct. All right, Greg. This is where it starts to get hard. The match, the match three. So the match three, this was Phil and Charles Barkley and Steph Curry and Peyton Manning. Yes. Now, where was this? I would not. This have was in this. It, this was in Arizona. I thought it was um, in like Utah. Ha, hold hold your pants on. No, Kyle. it was at Arizona. <laughs> hold my pants. <laughs> I believe Do kids say that. Do they say that like ah? Hold your pants on. That's like I think it's keep I your shorts on. Keep your shorts on. All right. Either way. <laughs> okay, I, I know it was in Arizona, and I believe it was at a Phil Mickelson property. Although that uh, might be the one in Montana. But no, I think it wasn't Phil Mickelson property. Um, great, I just can't think of the call. name. I can't it think of the name. Called Stone Canyon. 
Ah, Stone Canyon. Valley, Arizona, Charles Barkley and Phil Mickelson versus Peyton Manning and Steph Curry. Who won, Greg? Uh, this We learned a lot this week. This was Mickelson and Barkley. This is the largest bet I've ever made on a golf match. They yeah, were the dogs. That was smart. Mickelson that was quite wise. Barkley were the dog. The pro oh, the, was a dog to the other two. Yeah. Largest bet I've ever made. Uh, and then the most recent, Kyle, this is the one that you were trying to you were trying to get to. Yeah, this was uh, this was Bryson and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and uh, uh, Phil and Brady again. Correct. Yeah. yeah, and it was in Montana at, at uh, Moonlight Basin. Correct. Yes, and uh, I I think Rodgers and Bryson won. They did. Yeah, Rodgers was like Brady, the MVP, I think. Like Brady, Brady, was Brady might stink. Yeah, he Brady might terrible. stink. <laughs> I was like, there's no way he's going to be as bad as the last time we saw him. He was way <laughs> That's worse. That's kind of what I thought, too. He was way worse. He's, uh, he's not a great golfer. Well, Bryson DeChambeau puts his undefeated record on the line this week on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, to take on Brooks Kepka in a heavyweight bout of not 12 rounds, Greg, just just 12 holes. We're not doing the whole 18 thing anymore. We are now down to 12 holes. This will be played at the Win Golf Club, which um, I'm very familiar with, and it should be exciting. Yeah, the 12 holes thing is fascinating. And um, I think it makes it really hard to pick a winner. And I think it takes a lot of the data that we have and the numbers that we have and would normally use and throws them out in a way. We also, we've seen Brooks play twice and miss two cuts. We've seen Bryson play in a long drive and the Ryder cup and nothing else. Yes. And I, that's when, the, do, you, do you know the last official event that Bryson played, Greg? Tour champ. Tour, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tour championship. Yeah. Right. But it, but it feels like we see him constantly because of right. Ryder yeah. cup, because of long drive, because of, uh, YouTube or Twitter. I, it feels like we see him constantly. He has not played an official event in like two and a half months. <laughs> right. So you don't know. Recent form is out in a way. Um, course history is out completely because we've never seen it. And so you're basing this off of what skill set on a course. We we do have a good idea of Tom Fazio design. So we know what his course is asked for. And I think they benefit both players, actually. So that's difficult to tell. But the hardest thing is you got 12 holes. And if we had all the data, if we if we had our, our full data lake out and, and everything was relevant and recent, I, I, and we I, knew, I right? love Greg referencing the data lake. That's the best. <laughs> Shows the best. Yeah, had to, had to get it in there. You have full access to it. You're still dealing with 12 holes. Not 18 holes, not four rounds, 12 holes. So I, I find it very difficult to handicap. It's almost a guess. Well, they they were doing this dumb like twelve round you know heavyweight fight thing, which is just whatever. But I'm I I like I agree with what you're saying, Craig. It is hard to to figure out, but I am pro the uh, normalization of like nine hole rounds and twelve hole rounds and and stuff like that. I think it's good for golf. I think it is. It's great for us because we don't have to spend five hours on this thing. You know, you can do it in you can, three hours and get out. And it's just, I don't know. It, it makes it to me. Uh, I know this isn't the reason that they did it, but I think it makes it a little bit more appealing. I agree with you. It might, if somebody gets hot, we've, 
this thing might be over in nine holes. Who, who knows what happens? Um, might be over pretty quickly. And uh, Greg, I'll give you a couple of nuggets. Let's talk about the course a little bit. So Lynn Golf Club, one of the really one of the few, maybe two courses that I would say is actually on the strip, like literally on the strip. But when you're there, it doesn't feel like it. It's it's kind of weird and secluded. Not enough, not enough room for a driving range. Uh, so unless they give these guys just a hole to to hit bombs on, they'll be warming up in a just like a little bit of a so they're gonna have six net. holes they can warm up on. That's yeah. true. So Fazio, Fazio redesigned this. Uh, so he designed it originally, then redesigned it in 19. And now it is six. There's six par threes out there. Six par threes, four fives, and eight fours. And it is, as you can imagine, beautiful and splendid. And I love everything about it. Yeah, it sounds like they added in a ton of um, land created or at least dug some up they created a lot elevation yeah. change yeah. um you think of loss you think it's going to be pretty flat out there uh, right on the strip and it's not it's got some um real movement to the property which is interesting there's some water and um uh, i think there's water on 12 of the 18 holes i don't know which yeah there's a there's like a like. there's like a creek that ru that runs throughout the whole course it'll go up alongside of some of the fairways by some of the t's so like you can find that creek or whatever they want to call it. you can find yeah. it a lot which I, I have always thought is a cool design feature um and then what we know about fazio fazio is a guy who, who likes uh to bunker landing areas off the tee and and he likes to utilize bunkers and and trees to pinch some of those landing areas to make the wide fairways play a little shorter at times now the advantage that that has given guys you think back to caves valley think back to the summit club it gives advantage to guys who can carry the ball a long way off the tee um, because all of a sudden those pinch down landing areas are no longer their landing areas. They are for, but, but now we're dealing with just two players. This course is a little shorter than summit and, uh, and um, caves Valley and they're both long hitters. So I, I don't know if there's going to be a real clear advantage for one of them but you can see these pictures here they're pretty pretty neat yeah so jacob if you're watching on youtube is showing uh i actually took and tweeted out these pictures from when i played from from the win it does not feel like you were on the strip at all uh jacob if you could go to the one with the waterfall that's uh the first one i think here uh kp this is this is the man-made waterfall they put in behind 18 and they give you so if you're playing a regular round there depending on what tee you're playing if you make an ace they just give you cold hard cash so i think uh the front tees are i want to say like fifteen thousand if you make an ace the middle tees are 20 grand and the back tees are 25 grand if you make an ace here now here's the problem kyle this is number 18 and 17 is a really good match play hole as well if you're in charge of this, you cannot run the risk of not playing the signature holes, right? You can't let these be the final holes of the day. You got to get these up here in like the first couple holes that we play in case somebody runs away with this thing. So are they going to play them like, are they going to route it to start at like 12 or something? I, I actually created a routing that I thought would be good. I was going to start them at uh, – I, I had them playing 16, 17, 18, and then kind of looping back. So you'd get to this whole – I just don't think you can run a risk of of losing this. And while people are tuned in early, they get to play the signature hole. Do they have like – you didn't I, – I need more on the handing out cash. They have like a pit boss standing out there like in the in the bunker, like just <laughs> – 
distributing nice. chips as you as you as you make your ace yeah maybe they give it to you in chips and i hope you don't get it uh <laughs> don't get it out of the casino so the thing is you have to take a caddy is assigned to you so you're out there with the caddy so he he makes sure that you tee it up behind the t markers and it's all monitored with cameras so like you can't really lie about it or anything so if you if you make it they they pay it out it's incredible did you come close a uh, dude i stuffed it to like five feet wow I missed the putt. What was that? Okay. What was the thrill like? <laughs> um, it was a seven iron, and it was it was all over the flag the entire time. And I was like, "What, what were you oh thinking it when it was in the air? This I can't thought, be." I thought, "Rich, this I'm retiring." Would be, uh, first of all, first of all, I've never made an ace, so I'm like, if I was thinking, if there was ever a time for this to go in, like just just do it, baby, let's go. What that which uh, awesome. which monetary T were you on? The uh, whatever the middle was. I think it was twenty grand. Okay. Yeah, it would have been. I would not have left it. They could have given it to me a chips. They would have gotten it right back. <laughs> <laughs> it's my lucky day. I'll put uh, 20 grand on red. Let's try to double this before I get out of here. It's a life hedge. You, you, even if you spend your 20K in chips, you still made a one that day. So you exactly. walk away. You walk away ahead. Exactly. All right, let's make sort a pick. Of. Let's make a pick here. Um, Greg, you want to go first? Bryson. Thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> you want me to elaborate? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Wow. At, least a, at least a little bit. So for incredible. the record, for the record uh, um, I, I believe Caesars has Bryson at minus 125 and Brooks at even money. Uh, if other sports books existed, which they don't, you could probably shop this and get them close to even money. But uh, Caesars has it at minus 125 for Bryson. Yeah. Which I think is worth it. Um, the one fear that I have. It, I, I don't really worry too much about the needling and the trash talking and getting really under anyone's skin. I think they both know what they're doing here and they're, they are expecting it and anticipating it. And I don't think it's really going to get under anybody's skin. Um, but I do think Bryson has a little bit of a distance, distance advantage. Um, he's not playing with brand new equipment, not playing with a brand new ball, brand new driver. Um, assuming Kepka is going to going to put that stuff in play this this week, um, and I think he's quite frankly the better player. I think Brooks has been struggling with his game a little bit, and I haven't seen any signs that it's back in form. So I'm I'm going to go with, uh, and I also know we know how hard Bryson's been working. We don't know exactly other than what Brooks has said. We don't know how hard he's working. So I, I think all the logic points to Bryson here they're going to mic up like how many words is mic'd up Brooks going to say over 12 holes? It's going to be dumb. They're not going to, they're not going to say anything. That's, I why, don't Phil's, think. that's why Phil's there. Totally. Like that's, it, the hope, that's the hope there, right? Phil and Barkley take this over. Remember the tiger, the first tiger Phil one, they didn't, I mean, they talked like for two holes. Yeah. And that was it. And it just, I don't know. I, I think they, the idea of it that, is better than the reality. Yeah, but they fixed that with getting in four guys, getting yeah. Phil and Peyton. Peyton's great at that stuff. Uh, and this one would be really terrible if, if, in terms of chatter, if Phil and Barkley weren't there. And now their only jobs are to host it. They're not even playing. So I, I think it's not like you'll have six minutes of dead silence because Brooks and Bryson aren't talking to each other. But I, yeah, I don't. Th right. I don't think you want to hear Brooks and Bryson talking a lot. I, I, no. Like to me, when I think of, and this is part of the problem with the first one, 
I don't want to see Tiger play and be someone other than Tiger. I don't want to see Tiger become uh, Phil. Wash. Yeah, I don't want to see Tiger try to be Phil. I want to see Tiger be Tiger. And I want to see Brooks compete the way Brooks competes, which he's not talking. If Jordan Spieth's in there, I want a lot of mic on him, right? I want to hear I no want to announcers, hear him no talking, Just right? let him go. Yeah, let him go. But this, I don't want to see that forced with Brooks or Tiger or a player like that. This reminds me of the the uh, the Matthew Wolf um, DJ thing, where it's like it it was just it it you have you have to have the you have to have the right person there, right? It just it wasn't it didn't work, you know. It can't and, be it can't be forced, and that's it's fine if it doesn't work. I think that, and I, but but I do think like to their credit, you do have to have Phil there or or the equivalent of which I guess Barkley is like the equivalent of Phil in a different sport. Uh, KP make a pick. Uh, Bryson. I I think that I think he'll be yeah. We're not really elaborating here. <laughs> I think that he will be benefited by. I think Bryson gets like starts to unwind based on two things. One, uh, like proper courses, like an open championship course. It ju- he just can't, he's he just struggles a lot. And then two, we saw him really kind of melt down at some events this year where there's a ton of fans. I don't. As far as I know, there's not going to be a ton of fans at this. And Any like, fans? Like nobody there. And I think that really that plays to his advantage in a, in a huge way because you know where did we saw him melt down at U.S. Open at uh, St. Jude when everybody's hollering Brooksy at him. That's not real. I mean, Brooksy actual Brooksy will be there, but that's not going to like that issue is not going to be an issue uh, at this event. I'll make it a clean sweep for Bryson DeChambeau. I just to his d- detriment sometimes Bryson cares too much. And the thing that we talk about Brooks all the time is motivation. And it seems like he only plays good golf when he's significantly motivated. I'm not sure this is the type of event that motivates Brooks Kepka and Bryson will be at 100 like he always is. And I just think he wins. I just think he cares more. I think he cares more. Yeah. Okay. How about this? We'll close on this. Then we'll go to our mailbag. Um, the match six. Greg, they call you and they say, you, you, you pick them. Golfers, athletes, celebrities, however many you want. Who who's who's on your short list for the match six? Jordan. Um, no. Or, or Spieth. Spieth. Oh, I, I don't <laughs> know. But I mean, would be amazing, by the way. <laughs> I I'm okay with the Peyton Mannings of the world, um, but I I don't find it nearly as compelling. So I like I like getting a Spieth in there, and I I would like to see them he and Thomas play as a pair against um, Patrick Reed. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Patrick in there, but I, I mean, wouldn't a guy like um, like Hatton just be phenomenal in there? Yeah, you get Tyrrell Hatton and Rory. He'd be the and, guy and, that wouldn't sell tickets, but like when people were watching it, they'd be like, "Oh my god, this is right." Great. You have Spieth and Thomas selling tickets, and then they it, they come and entertain. I also I wouldn't mind seeing. I mean, they're too good of friends, but I, I think you want to have the conversation of of Spieth and Greller out there. And if you have JT on the on the uh, as a partner, 
He's another guy that's going to sell tickets and be fun to watch. And the other side, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a European duo. And I think you got some fire over there with like a Sergio, a Rom, a Hatton, somebody like that. I might get into the mix to get a little, make this thing emotional. And I think you could have a serious vibe too, a real golf vibe, which I enjoy. And you can make it really fun at the same time. Yeah, I was kind of surprised they didn't go that route like the heavy competitive golf route, like when it was first Tiger and Phil, I thought match two was going to be like Tiger and Phil would headline, but with all this extra time that we have, here's Jordan versus Justin Thomas here. Like you'd have like yeah. two undercards. I, they didn't, they never went that route. They went more of the like broader celebrity route. sport. Yeah. So KP, yeah. which is, is there a market for like, hardcore golf matches or is this more like we got to get Patrick Patrick Mahomes involved we've got to get Chris Paul involved we've got to get these other guys involved uh i think it's the latter i think i don't i don't know i think i think you could probably do both um I mean, I have a hard time with this because we're all going to watch, like we all watch for our job. So I'm like, I have a hard time figuring out would I tune in if this wasn't my job? And I don't, uh, I don't know that I, I don't know that I would either way, like no matter who it was. But I think I, I, I like the idea of guys. I just read a, a profile of uh, Mahomes from earlier, earlier this year by, uh, uh, Dylan Deshaies from from uh, golf.com and he was talking about how Mahomes is like obsessed with golf like like legit like goes to Bandon like like deep deep in it and so I think when you get guys like that that are from other sports but that are kind of like obsessive about it I think that's pretty interesting like a Steph that that's like that's fun to me and so I would actually you mentioned Mahomes that that's actually who I was thinking I was thinking Spieth Mahomes uh somebody like a bryce harper i don't know if he's deep into it um that'd be fun if he is and then like uh yeah jt or jt's a good talker he was really good on the um yeah he was a he was a broadcaster on the phil tiger or the uh, peyton manning brady phil tiger one yeah the match two yeah yep yeah when he was hollering at uh barkley about not being able to dunk because he was too heavy do you remember that <laughs> yeah there was there's was a lot of good ones he was really good at that yeah. <laughs> he was great i think he would be you know there's a lot of guys that you, you hear their name you're like oh he'd be awesome but it's like i don't think colin Morikawa would be good in that in that situation right just because no he he's great at golf but he's not going to be great in in that format but i think somebody like jt could be so i'll say i'll say those four jt and mahomes against uh the the under armor uh duo of uh spieth and bryce harper there you go now we're talking now we're talking all right we've got to get to our mailbag these are questions submitted by you the viewers you the listeners that we will now do our best to answer but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Okay. We got some pretty good questions here. It was a quick little turnaround for the mailbag. <laughs> uh, I'll try to ease us into these because there's a couple that are probably going to take longer than others here. Um, let's ease our way into this. How about, Kyle, what are your top, quote, golf is a normal sport moments of the year. And actually, nice. while, you're, while you're going through some of these off the top of your head, I'm just going to go to Twitter, do a little advanced search at Kyle Porter and type in normal sport and see what pops up. Well, so this is, you're not easing your way in because I have an announcement to make here. Oh, no. Don't tell me you're ending the bit. Oh, no. No. Okay. The, bit, the bit continues. <laughs> um, so my announcement is that I actually wrote a book about the 2021 golf season. You guys – know about this but but uh, yes. viewers and listeners do not and it is entitled normal sport yes oh, oh, you wow more into the bit <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i'm this is my corner i'm all in so he's not ending <laughs> i've got i've got about uh i'm about 85 90 done and i actually have illust i hired an illustrator to make some illustrations Sorry, i think producer jacob actually has one of those illustrations. Oh my gosh, look at this. Wow. Reveal. If you are watching on YouTube, uh, look at this. That is the infamous bow. That is the the Masters after Hideki's victory is caddy. I forgive me, I forget his name, has, has given the bow. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's one very of cool. uh, one of many illustrations from the book. So I'm very excited about this. Uh, the plan is for it to come out in about two weeks' time. I'm, I'm just... I'm, you remember how Brooks dragged that uh, 2019 PGA win across the finish line at Bethpage? That's how I feel with this book right now. I'm just dragging it across the finish line. So uh, all that to say, buy the book when it comes out, and uh, you'll see my top uh, normal sport uh, circumstances, or I guess the top normal sport moments of the year. Well, first off, congratulations. We're very excited. Uh, yeah. Cannot wait to... Uh, get our eyes on that. Should we? Should we just skip this one? Like, I don't want to give up any of like the the uh, the goods here. So there's so many. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you the one that really stood out to me that I completely forgot about. Okay. And it happened at Kapalua. Went all the way back. So I, I basically went back to the beginning of the year and just kind of rolled through every event. I picked out the the most ridiculous, but also like meaningful things that happened. So there's some. It's very like like funny in parts but also like hey here's some memorable like um you know obviously like the rory crying at the Ryder cup like i write a lot about that but the most the one that stood out the most i the reason that it, it made me laugh because i completely forgot about it at at capilla bryson had a human being um on the practice green with an umbrella but he wasn't he wasn't protecting him from the rain he was running this person, it wasn't Tim Tucker, his caddy, whoever it was, was running with his ball to protect it from the wind. 
so that he could get a read on how the putts were rolling without the wind. So you had a human with a with an umbrella turned sideways running against the wind with this little golf ball that's trickling across <laughs> the ground. It's preposterous. Like, this is the weirdest sport in the world. So, so it's stuff like that that I kind of highlighted in the book. So normal. It's so sport. funny you say that because that um, I that was on like Golf Channel or whatever, and I I recorded that and tweeted it out, and that still get like someone retweets that every day, and every day yeah. like I'm reminded of like how stupid here it is. Here it is, Jacob. Good job. It's. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, Jacob is going to play or try to play the clip. But that guy right there with that Cobra umbrella runs alongside of uh, of this golf ball. It's absolutely absurd. And, there, and there's like a launch monitor there, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's just the dumbest sport in the world. Uh, and so, yeah, it was just, you know, you had guys standing on the side of the green at the Olympics in a seven-man playoff for a bronze medal. Like it was the Sunny Hana Amateur. Like yeah. little stand bags, like watching guys finish up. They're playing for a bronze medal. Yeah, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah, that's so. Good. So right. I well, tried we'll, to, I tried to, I tried to pull those out of, out of the year. All right. Well, cannot, cannot wait to see a normal sport. We'll, uh, we'll obviously be talking more about that here in the near future. Uh, Greg, let me bring you in on this one because Kyle and I talked a little bit about this. Rory, infamous, not I guess not infamously. Someone in the chat, I guess it should be famously, uh, ripped his shirt just a couple of days ago. Kyle and I on Sunday's recap were like, well, we've seen like Sergio go nuts on like a sand bunker. We've seen people <laughs> helicopter their clubs or whatever. But you you have the advantage of uh, playing much more competitive golf than we have, which I feel like elicits a lot more emotion. Is there something uh, unhinged that you have seen on the golf course that has stuck with you over the years? Or done. Personally, am I like in, in, in person? No, I'm not a big club thrower. I don't, have you seen anybody go crazy? I've seen I've seen club throws. I've seen I don't even think I've seen a broken club in person. Wow. But the best unhinged moment, uh, at least from this year, was was Tyrrell Hatton stomping his what was that a wedge? I, I think it was a wedge. He he stomped at, it at the four open. Five times. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. I mean that that was the most unhinged moment I've seen this year in. My competitive golf, I really haven't seen people go berserk like that, which is why the Sergio thing and the Rory thing we didn't get to see, right? It was behind the scenes. Um, we just saw the result. I wish we but would the have. Sergio thing is so unbelievable because most people haven't actually seen someone throw a tantrum mm. like that, right? How about, it uh, really doesn't happen very often. Are you in a rocking chair, by the way? Yes, <laughs> he had to move. So I had here's to move, a little look right? behind this is the not curtains. Normal spot. Yeah, right. the Wi-Fi was not great in the room that he was in, and uh, he very graciously moved to a different area so that he could plug hardwire in. So we're getting a different perspective of Greg now. Yeah, Pod, podcast improbs. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I got, seriously. I got. So the Hatton thing happened about, and I, I remember all this because I've just gone through the whole season in about a month. Um, the Hatton thing happened about. 30 minutes after he flipped off uh, the uh, – it looked like he was <laughs> – yeah. I'm still not totally sure, but it looked like he was flipping off like the entire crowd. I think it was probably just like one person that had made a noise or something. And then uh, there was a moment at the Masters. I don't know if you guys remember this. It was Billy Horschel on 
uh, I think it was Saturday. He he screamed. He flipped off and screamed "f you" at the at the pin on sixteen, like at the flag. <laughs> it was it was like I think sometimes you in the moment you're like, "Well, that was weird," and then you get outside and you're like, "That was crazy!" Like I can't believe yeah. that happened. By the way, in trivia this year, Rick, no 2021 trivia. Tyler, <laughs> he's done his research. He's done way too much research. Yeah, we'll have to go back a little bit further. We'll have to schedule that uh, that trivia day. You guys like sure. the uh, the Stump the Schwab style going back and forth, right? I think yes. that's a good. Oh, so yeah. fun. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. I, there's one I really like here, but I'm going to get to it next. This, this one's pretty interesting too. Elijah, welcome to the show. Uh, how many times does someone have to win per year to be considered dominant. And I feel like this, this has changed over the years. This is really interesting. I would ask you guys this. Do you think John Rahm this year, 2021, <laughs> was dominant? 2021 was a weird year. Very strange. Because you could make the argument that he was. But he won, one, he won once. How is that dominant? So mm. um, he, he complicates things. But I, I would say a real dominant year, a real memorable year is probably I would probably set it at five wins. I think when you get when you get five wins like JT did in 2017, it's definite clear cut player of the year. Um, even at four wins with Patrick Cantlay, there was a big debate whether or not he was player of the year. Um, and you get to five wins, there's not going to be a debate. So I think that's that's why I would draw the line there. I, my number was a lot lower, but when you start to look through this, I think Greg is closer to right than I like dominant is like, okay, clear cut player of the year. I like that using that as a, as an example, um, do you know how many five win seasons there's been dating back to 2000? Is this a trivia question? Let's start right now. Yeah. Uh, I'll say five win seasons dating back to 2000. I'll say um, like 15 and Tiger's got nine of them. Okay. Uh, Greg, do you want to make a guess? I don't think it's that many. I think it's more like 12 and Tiger's got nine of them. Hold on one second. I know VJ had one. JT had one. Spieth had one. Yep. Okay. So my quick count, I think, I think there's 12 of them. And I think, I think Tiger has eight of them. So, so JT and Spieth, we know those ones. Uh, Jason Day's 2015. Okay. Oh, wow. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. So those three, and then, uh, there is one more non Tiger. VJ had nine wins in a year. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. VJ in 2004. So Tiger did it in 2000. Oh, you know what? This is kind of flawed because I'm looking at the list for most wins in a season. So if VJ had nine and Tiger had eight, I did not count that. So there's probably more. But Tiger led the years, or, or these were the leaders. Tiger did nine in 2005 in. 2001, 2002, 2003, VJ for 2004, 2005, 6, 7 for Tiger. He all had he had five wins in each of those. 2009 and then that was 
the last before Spieth did it. Oh, Spieth and Day 13. did it. In what about 13? Didn't Tiger do it in 13? Or was he, he had three? Oh, yeah. Three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now that we've gone through that list, like, does so, so dominant. Yeah, that's it's hard because I I don't value wins as highly as as most people. I thought I thought John Rahm was dominant this year. I went back and looked at basically from his from the PGA Championship until the end of the PGA Tour season. I mean, he didn't really lose to very many guys. No, he didn't win very many of those tournaments, but he finished like third in all of them essentially. And it I think it depends on what your definition of dominant is, and I think that that might not be the term that I would use for what Rom did perhaps. Like, I, I think what Greg's getting at is probably right. That it's like, you don't, you, you don't stumble into five wins. You might stumble into, I mean, Jason Kokrak almost stumbled into three. I wouldn't call him a dominant right. player for the year. So uh, all that to say, like, I think what Rom did in 2021 needs a word different than dominant. And I'm, I think I'm with Greg that it's, it, if you win five, you were dominant that year. What word would you use to describe John Rahm's 2021? Uh, underrated. Spe spectacular. They're just, okay. you know, even in, in doing my research for this book, like, we, I loved what the Olympics did in awarding uh, something for second and third place because I just, I don't feel like we value the, like, we shouldn't value them the way we value a win, but we should value them more than what we do right now. Like, I think w beating 154 guys in a week at the, at the PGA championship, that should be, that should be meaningful. Like there should be like something to that. And we don't ascribe any value to it at all right now. I mean, I we do, but, but, but like the sport as a whole yeah. does not. Yeah, I think the some of the majors will give like a, a trophy to to like second. I think the Masters does it. Also, uh, Maya Koba did it. I think. I think Maya Koba <laughs> gave a second place trophy to Carlos Ortiz because there's a photo of him holding a smaller chameleon. It's like next a little to, wizard next to Victor. It's like, oh, this is like a cute photo. They have an egg for third place. <laughs> yeah, it's like egg. maybe next year. Um, <laughs> there's a good question from Gimme Bets, which says, "Which golfer should we buy now for the majors?" We're gonna hold that because that's a future episode. We've done that. Uh, each December. So we'll do that again here shortly. But here's here's one that I think is very, very interesting. It's from Lewis Morgan, or maybe Louis Morgan, hard to say. In 100 years time, will we still regard Tiger as the GOAT? Think about this. Mm. 100 years is a long time. Who was the GOAT 100 years ago? Uh... Old 19, Tom? 1921. Bobby Jones? Young Tom? Yeah, what was Bobby Jones's era? Would that have been? Uh, I don't think he started winning until like 22 or 23. Uh, you might be right. Was it Varden back then? Yeah, yeah well, yeah. So his first, so Bobby Jones' first major win was 1923. Yeah, okay. So he's out. Exactly, You're looking at, uh... exactly 100 years ago. <laughs> Hagen? Um, Walter Hagen. Um, Varden Hagen, would have been good yeah. because because um so 49 wins and he won the open championship amongst other events in 1914. So that was like the end of his run would have been like right at like like if it was a if it was, we went back to November 22nd, 1921, we would have been seven years removed from Varden's like end of his career. That that might be a good one. Reading about it in the paper. 
So uh, we would have, yeah. There's months no podcast later, about it. Months later, yeah. Uh, I would say in a hundred years, somebody. It's so hard. I gotta say, yeah, Tiger will still be the goat. Okay. I will, such a I will good, hold, that's, a, that's a great question. Yes, I love this. I will hold my opinion for one second because, okay, so think about this. It's so interesting because not all sports have a guy that completely like upended the era, changed the game, changed the economics, changed everything. Not all sports necessarily have that, but golf does with Tiger. So for there to be a new goat in 100 years – there would seemingly have to be another inflection point, another moment, another single-handedly sport-changing person. So I've got a couple different thoughts on this. One, we would we we if you would ask somebody this question in like <laughs> two thousand, they wouldn't yeah. have said there would be another uh, Michael Jordan. Correct. Right. And just 15 years later, or not, I mean, 10 years later, five years later, there was. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just, it's very like, uh, I don't know. But I, I there think usually the other, is. Yeah. And it seems hard to fathom right now. Like, it's like, we can't even imagine that happening. But I think the other thing is, is this coincides with one of my hotter tiger takes, which I feel like we a little bit overrate what he did because the the fields against which he played were not there. I mean, they just flat out weren't as good in 2000 as they are in 2021. Right. So we, we also underrate him because he completely like he created those fields in 2021, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. Like that's an insane thing for one person to do that. Justin Thomas and Rory are playing golf because of tiger in a lot of ways. So he has to get credit for that. But I think that, um, he like what, I think it'll be harder to do what he did into the future. Cause he was so much better. And, but I don't think the general public really sees the fields that he played, played again as played against as different than the ones that are existing right now or will exist 20 years from now. Um, so I think it'll be really hard for somebody to surpass him for that reason, if that makes sense. There, so, uh, Jacob talking about 80, 83 wins. Jacob has Harry Varden's, uh, major championship wiki ready. Sure. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of yellow boxes, which are top 10. It's a lot of green squares, that which Brooks are, uh, major, what is, major win. yeah. What is NYF? Not yet. Formed? formed not yeah. yet founded i would guess founded you also wow, have to, i've never seen that before <laughs> i think you also have to keep in mind uh there was there's probably not not even the same caliber of field back then but not even the same number of people in the field yeah well, back and with harry varden right i mean yeah there might have been 13 people in one of those open championships i mean old tom old, old tom gets credit for a major over seven people because there was eight right. people i think in the first open yeah, that's that's nonsense. Harry Varden only had uh, so he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven major championships, but only two majors existed. And he <laughs> so only played in thirty-two. <laughs> and so he finished second. Good. He finished second what five times? Uh, so yeah, 
right. what's first that going to look like first or second from now 12 okay. times out of 32. So, so my general uh, idea is that, yes, th uh, there, there will be a new goat, maybe two of them, maybe two more goats, because the 100 years is such a long time. The rate of training and equipment and technology and athletes and all that stuff, I just, yeah, the, the, the LeBron James um, example is a really good one. No one would have thought there would have been another Michael Jordan. It happened very, very quickly. When guys like LeBron – that that athlete find golf we're gonna have another moment um yeah. i i just think there's i think there's too many years and too much time that so, yeah someone else will be considered the goat and too much that, alert the, the, the pool that you're pulling from now is so much bigger than it was when tiger came into the game right because there's so much more money involved that's what's making it more competitive which it it, it it broadens the pool, but it also makes it a lot harder for that person to separate himself, right? So there, so John in the chat is actually getting to this. He said, how in the world is anyone going to get to 80 plus wins if you need to get to five plus for several years as these fields are getting more and more difficult, which I also agree with. But at the same time, the way we know golf now might not be the way golf works in a hundred years. What if, what if golf or the PGA tour or whatever does go to 50 players uh, uh, in these tournaments and they're all no cuts or like, you know what I mean? Like we don't even know what the shape of the game is or, or it continues to go. Like what if, what if in a hundred years there are 500 player fields and because they figured out a technology that they can play rounds in 15 minutes and you can get everybody out there all day long. Like, you know what I mean? Like are, are, are 83 wins going to look, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it, there's so much that could possibly happen. Long ways away. You also might have, it might be like the Cy Young thing where he wins 511 times or whatever the number is. And you just don't see guys playing that much because there's too much. They yeah. make so much money that they don't, that they don't need to. So maybe wins aren't even like the right. barometer for, yeah. For how you, how you judge. Maybe it's just, maybe it's strokes gained. Like, yeah. Can I, offer, yeah. can I offer another theory? Like what if, equipment gets rolled back and that ends up separating someone who might actually have a little bit more skill than mm. might have been coasting. Now we're talking equipment. Yeah. Harry Varden two coming out. Yeah. It's not even going to be strokes gained. It's going to be like, um, how many orbits around the sun did your ball take before it came back? Right? Like it's just, it's <laughs> going to be, we're going to be playing golf on Mars by then. I don't know. It's going to be certainly crazy. not at wing foot. Certainly not at wings, foot. uh, Okay. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that are this one. I don't know how we would do this, but this is kind of interesting. If every player were to play their worst for Masters Week, who would win? Which we always have the conversation of who who at their best would win. This is who at their worst would win. So I guess I have an answer the, to that. Okay, so how are you the golfer with the highest floor, like the like the most consistent guy? So um, Data Golf came out with this. Uh, this thing called uh, box plots, which shows who the best players are at when they have their, um, I'm, I'm going to butcher this. I think we talked about it one time, but yeah. it's, it's basically like who's best is best and who's worst is best. So who has the highest floor, who has the highest ceiling. So somebody like Morikawa has a really high ceiling and a really low floor. Mm -hmm. And then somebody like, um, well, I could figure it out right here, but uh, 
another a different player might have a really high floor but a really low ceiling so they don't really they don't really vary that much so if you rank by the fifth percentile of players rounds so Which this is, is like end. that's like their worst rounds this is like their uh 95th best round of the of the last year essentially or the 95th percentile so it might it's it's not exactly 100 rounds but the 95th percentile of their rounds over the last year uh do you guys want to guess who the best guy out of that is oh boy hold on let me pull up the official world golf rankings just so i can like look at a list so this is a 2021 i'm gonna get i would guess bryson this is last 12 months no i think bryson's i think bryson's worst is is really really bad um abe answer uh no he ooh, he's like he's like 12th okay um I'm circling the it's drain. Somebody else that will be on the international team next year for the President's Cup. Oh, okay. I Cam have... Smith? No. Hideki. Uh no. Sung Jay. No. <laughs> it's your boy, Rick. Victor? Nick? He no, he's European. <laughs> he's Corey Connors. Oh, Corey Connors. Wow. wow, Corey Connors. That makes complete sense. We talked about it all the time sense. on Monday, Greg. We're like, he's got a million top 20s in a row. That's all this guy ever does. Yep. So he is his fifth percentile round. So like his 95th best round is a, a negative 1.65 strokes gained. Negative. Say that again. Negative. What is it? One, 1.65. Wow, that's really good. It's for being, it's, for it's being an, bad. Yeah. It's an unbelievable four. JT is second, which I didn't expect. Uh, Xander no, is Xander's Xander, third. That should have been my guess. That would have been a good Paul, one. Paul Casey, low low ceiling, high four is fourth. John, <laughs> John Rom, Daniel Berger, Cantlay, Cameron Tringali in the top ten. Wow. Yeah, he just finished his second every week. Lowest ceiling, highest floor. <laughs> so if you if you flip it around and go 95th percentile, so this is like basically your, yeah, the best. This is where you your... get the Brysons and the Brysons and the more right. Dallas, I feel like. Yeah. So Cantlay is plus 7.6. Rom plus 6.7. Sammy Burns. Love that guy. Plus 6.3. Morikawa. Emiliano Grillo. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god. He just offsets all those really good ones with really bad ones. He's like a skyscraper. Ustays and Corey Connors is on this list also. Corey Connors and then is good. No surprise that it's closed out with Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy. Wow. There wow. you go. I was not expecting such a scientific answer to said question, but it, it so makes Corey, sense. Corey Connors. Corey Connors, Master's congrats champ. on your on your green jacket. Green jacket. <laughs> You'll love to see it. Uh, all right, gentlemen, anything real quick. Sorry. You want to know who has the lowest standard deviation? So that basically that's like the, the most the doesn't doesn't change. Most consistent guy. Um, and this is round over round. Wouldn't that be Corey Connors? Uh, it's not Corey Connors. Is it is it so is it someone that like we're like is it like a top 25 player? Yeah, it's a very obvious. You should get this. I want to say burger. Um, we already talked about him. Xander. Paul Casey. Ah. Give me Paul, give me Paul Casey. <laughs> Zach Johnson is second. <laughs> Jeez. Matthew All Wolf right. is last. Matthew Wolf uh, has the biggest, the widest standard deviation. I believe that. Uh, this one's for you, Kyle. This is from uh, Russell in North Carolina. 
We'll go out on this note. He says, why is Memphis undoubtedly the worst stop on the PGA Tour? <laughs> Listen, I got to sell books now, and people in Memphis buy books also. So I, I refuse to address that Love question. Memphis. Love yeah. Memphis. Uh, Tony right. Allen, grit and grind. Love those guys. Is that the grind house? Is that in Memphis? Yeah. Yeah. Tony Anything Allen's else? my guy. Anything else before we get out of here, gentlemen? Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy fun, Thanksgiving. Fun pod, and I uh, hope you guys have a good week. Safe travels if you're traveling. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much. And we'll be back at it again on Friday for a Brooks and Bryson recap pod. We'll see how it all goes down. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there. It's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD and Kyle Porter. You can find at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.